Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit Is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit Is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store. All right, we are back in full effect in the Detroit Is Different podcast studios. In this Fight for Justice series, I'm bringing in some different people and uh right now i got somebody that's a big homie of mine but in the world of big homies he's still close in age but still got me by a couple of days on the page uh haven't talked to him in a while definitely big when it comes to finance and investment and that's a part of what we see in this fight for justice as we're seeing what's happening in the streets across america and now the world and the next question is, what's next? What do we do? How do we do it? And what are some solutions to empower ourselves uh, to go about this? Ken Blanks, how you feeling? I'm great. How you doing, Way? Man, everything is everything, man. Um, in the in the grand scheme of like, that's just the natural response. But the realism is, I'm unsure. Like right now is a time that I believe change can't happen. Yes. As, uh, you know, uh, in in times of crisis is opportunity the yin and the yang as they say yeah and right now is that time of crisis and opportunity and do i want to be on the side of crisis or do i want to be on the side of opportunity it's a it's a daily question yeah and uh creating opportunities kind of lies right in some of what you do in the wheelhouse of investment as yes. we know that money is one is one of the primary tools of 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 any access in this nation it's that's built true. on capitalism. That's true. So, uh, so that that fight against you know, do we join this machine or not join this machine? Mm -hmm. The longer we're here, we're in the machine. We're in it. So, how do you connect yourself to the number one mechanism in this machine becomes a big question. Mm -hmm. And that's even if you want to exit the machine, it's still going to take monetary resources yes. to get to ghana kenya yep. uh mozambique or wherever you so choose it mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. i see kenya is doing a welcoming for uh yeah. black people to get there absolutely you know Ghana's doing welcomings for black people to get there nigeria mm -hmm. uh strong economy is doing welcomings for black people to get there but as much as the welcoming is a a, a call yes. that welcoming is not saying here's your ticket Right, right. It's not Here's a, it's your not, house. It's not a gift. Here's your land. Mm -hmm. There you go. You are brother. It's brother come with something. Come with something. So before we even get to those questions, I want to talk uh, What what's going on in your minds as you're watching everything that's happening? It's a great question. I mean, and, and uh, I appreciate the way you set the stage because it's, it's really uh, a lot of moving pieces that mm -hmm. are going on in this situation. Um, you call it... Uh, crisis versus opportunity and it made me think about a um a new webinar that i just created over the last two months through mm -hmm. this whole episode we're living through and it's very similar to what you said it's, it's not called crisis versus opportunity but it really made me think those are great words to describe it it's uh called bear market 101 mm -hmm. panic versus profit mm -hmm. panic versus profit but that same thing is mm -hmm. crisis versus opportunity Right. So um, we're on the exact same page. And for uh, most of our lives, I believe we always have been since we've known each other. And so um, I'm ha happy to be here, be um, in front of your, your listeners and, and on the same wavelength and page with you. Um, what I see is a ton of opportunity. Um, Warren Buffett, who is one of the 
world-renowned investors, um, famously said, um, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a lot of fear in the streets. People don't know what's going on with the pandemic because at the end of the day, there is no vaccine. We're having a lot of economic issues, but it's driven by a scientific problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and what it's doing is uh, giving some people don't know what to do, whether I mean, you talk about 30 over 30 million people have lost their jobs. Yeah. And I think the number they're saying 40 million and it could be more 40 million as okay. as we know, the concept of unemployment, especially in a black community, yes. is is technically to be unemployed. You need to be on the unemployment rolls. And you can only be right. on unemployment rolls if you oh so it. long. Right, right. So a- not, after it, you're yep. off the unemployment rolls, they consider you a voluntarily displaced worker. Mm. And unemployment is something that can last maybe a year in, in, in markets like this. And we've all known people that have been, quote unquote, voluntarily displaced workers for two, two years, three years. Yeah. You know, um, and that's what it's considered. It's, you're considered as someone that doesn't want to work. It's deep. It's deep. Um, with all that being said, I think that between the the um, pandemic scare, the unemployment mm-hmm. numbers, our unemployment now is higher than it was during the Great Depression. Yes. All right. Um, you have the uh, the other virus that's going on, racism. Yeah. You know, that's part of the ingredients of this perfect storm as it relates to wall street so it's a lot of whenever there's a lot of uncertainty mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of market volatility yeah and the volatility is when prices move erratically up and down um quickly right yeah um so when we look at like a start a stock chart or a graph it's a lot of the highs and lows and it's, it's a lot of erratic movement but that erratic movement is which is what causes the opportunity also keep in mind this is a, a presidential election year And so whenever there's a presidential election year, historically, there's a lot of market volatility because the market is trying to figure out which direction the nation is going to go in. Because once the election is decided, then the market stabilizes because at least it's certain about what the at least the political sentiment would be for the next four years. Right. The uncertainty is what causes all of the volatility. Once we're certain and, and, and we're like things like uh, a new presidency and we're not in war and there is no no pandemic and we have a cure and we can take our kids back to school and everybody can mm-hmm. like that would stabilize the market and, and make it skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Once anybody who comes out with a, a vaccine, the market is going to skyrocket because it's all about emotions and sentiment. At the end of the day, people invest in the stock market. And as you're talking about people investing in the stock market, this is one of those things is stocks and investment is is something that most Americans are unaware of, Uh, even in our even in our lack of awareness. We're still buying into stocks. Our insurance companies obviously are trading our uh, our our savings are trading it it's we're relying on systems to be uh operating in our best interest through our willful ignorance in what's happening in the market in the marketplace and as you say it's all about emotions as um as 
the response to so much of what's happening right now. So let's let's stop at COVID-19 even before we get to a lot of the protests and the rebellions right now. Okay. COVID-19 had an immediate response on on the marketplace because many businesses um either at, at best had to change how they function or completely cease operations. Yes, immediately. Yes, immediately. And it this was I don't know if people have uh crises evaluation plans and I've gone through so many classes right now at Walsh from my masters and MBA. So th- these are theories okay. and these are these are things that people talk about in project management, but enacting that plan that you talk about of like okay, this is what happens is different than when it really happens. Right. Um so this this really happening put a cease on so many businesses that really don't even know uh didn't have a plan to stop and also won't know when things will be over as we're seeing states across the nation i guess open up and cities and municipalities open up we still don't necessarily know the functionality of what that looks like we're watching you know disneyland and disney world open up and and people like look at operating under some sense of social distancing uh, what the rules are when it comes to staff saying to themselves, like, damn, do I do I want to, you know, work, operate this roller coaster or not? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I know what they're saying they're going to do. They're going to give me this, that and the other. But do I really want to do that? Uh, it, it's it's a lot of uncertainty right now. And as you say, that opportunity. But how have you seen the market respond? And further, let's just talk about that. How have you seen the market respond like early on when this pandemic hit? What was happening? It was a huge sell-off. It was a huge sell-off. Um, I'd actually bought some companies maybe two weeks before the pandemic really hit, and so I didn't like even March realize. First, like yeah, I, yeah, and I because I'm an active trader, I buy stocks every week for the most part, and I did not, I w- I didn't get the memo right. I didn't know even mm-hmm. as much as I traded. I've been trading stocks for over 23 years. I didn't get the memo that the COVID was about to hit. So I yeah. bought some stuff and I mean within 2 weeks it dropped 60 70% and as wow. did a lot I mean that's for individual stocks the market as a whole I believe had like a like a 30% pullback you know what I mean so that's like a, a crash it crashed it just didn't crash long it made a what's considered a V shaped recovery so it went down and then over within about 2 months it's kind of back up now it's almost back to where it was um it could be a potential bull trap is what it's called cuz it's the term is called being bullish when the market goes up and bearish when the market goes down. And so some people think it's a bull trap, meaning don't get caught up in the market up right now because you still have to account for the 40 million people unemployed. All of the business have been shut down. So when those next wave of economic reports come out, you're going to see uh, pretty crappy numbers. But some uh, people who are on the side to think that it's going to keep going up, say that the market is already accounted for the unemployment and the um the uh, closures yeah so in that just uh with, with some of the stocks you buy in, in observing what has been your approach to this um my approach has been very um simple actually i've been trying to find great companies that are on life support that the market uh over punished them right because of the pandemic or some that just because of their business model, they just legitimately can't make money. Um, so I've been looking at companies. So like the airlines, right? I yeah. got did really good in the airlines. I, I think you had mentioned. Yeah, Spirit Airlines. The the first thing I was thinking in this, 
and I, I remember President Trump, as much as I'm sure most Detroiters different watchers are not supporters of the president, but I at least acknowledge some of what the president says. Yes. Uh, and he said, we got to save this cruise line industry. We got to save this travel industry. We got to save this airline industry, mm -hmm. which definitely, I believe, has a lot to do with uh, what he's done in business over time. So these are his allies, you know. And he, he may own stock in those companies as sure well. He probably does. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, they say he doesn't. But, you know, we know. The family trust. Yes, somebody exactly. is benefiting. So, so when when the president made a statement like that, the thought process is like, OK, they may still even bail out this. And I'm thinking in human behavior, uh, all of the posts saying, you know, uh, especially a lot of the the. I want to say like it was like a post almost going going viral of a lot of women I know saying I can't walk to I can't wait to walk down the aisle when this is all over. And they're talking about the airline aisle mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how much travel is a part of American culture because it's it's another form of escapism. It's a form of life culture, actually. Yeah. Um, so the airline industry is one of the main industries I've been promoting to my students to consider investing mm -hmm. in. I grant just for disclaimer purpose, I'm not making any stock recommendations i'm not a stock broker nor a financial planner um i don't touch people's money i just try to uh if anything touch their tips. mind yeah you touch their mind so they can do a, yep in methods about yep. how they can arm themselves yep and do better homework on their own so just for full disclosure but um i encourage my students to explore airline stocks um especially when they were beaten down i think it's still plenty of room in there for some to run some have ran up more than others um, I remember when you talked about President Trump mentioning the companies, he had mentioned like we have to save Boeing. Right. Yes. And I went and bought Boeing and yeah. Boeing is up, you know, way up. And I think it still has room to grow. Mm -hmm. Boeing is under two hundred dollars a share. And this might be about one eighty, but mm -hmm. it is 52 week high is three ninety one. So I look at the spread of what the opportunity is when I look at companies. I like to see how low has it been in the last year? How high has it been in the last year? What price is it today? And the closer it is to the floor, then that is an indicator for me that I would consider it. Now, that's not the only factor I look at. I look at probably a dozen things before I would consider buying a stock. But one of the most intriguing things to me is the spread between how low it's been and how high it's been. Because the main point of investing in the stock market is to buy an asset at a low price. And sell it for exponentially more. Yes. And wash, rinse, and repeat. Now, as you talk about that wash, rinse, and repeat in our community because of the economic challenges, um, it's been trepidation just with money, period. Money, mm -hmm. talking about money in the black community, it's almost like talking about racism sometimes in the black community. It, it almost. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's an entity that exists, Yeah, but... Often not acknowledged, or I shouldn't say racism. I want to say maybe enslavement in the black community. Let's, let's yeah, I mean, we 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 suffer from um, of some form of financial slavery, right? Mm -hmm. um, due to our um, ignorance, mm -hmm. our lack of knowledge. I, but here's the thing: I don't punish our people for our position. I don't punish anyone. I don't judge anybody. Um, but I do. I I can easily identify why we're there because it has been systematic. Our parents. Yeah. My parents aren't wealthy. They worked regular jobs. They went to Cass. I went to Renaissance. I mean, we're just regular people, right? Um, mm -hmm. um, blue collar jobs and stuff like that. And um, their parents weren't wealthy. And then their parents weren't wealthy, right? And then you only go back so many levels. Then we're talking about slavery. So no, there hasn't been a wealth chain. There hasn't been a any uh, anything really passed down. And 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 from a business mindset, right? Our yeah. our mo our wealthiest. Uh, the wealthiest people in our community are typically entertainers and athletes. And that doesn't 
that those are people who have been blessed with gifts and talents right that they cultivated but for the other people that weren't blessed with uh phenomenal entertaining or athletic abilities well what are we left with well actually we're left with the greatest tool ever and that's our mind and if we use our mind and can creatively solve problems we will identify opportunities so i look at companies that are innovative and creatively solving problems right so i look at stuff like diabetes cases have quadrupled worldwide who's who's monitoring the diabetes who's treating the diabetes who's doing the screening for that well everybody's over here with covid because once they find covid's cure it's out of there just like SARS, just like swine flu, flu, uh, flu just like pig, uh, mad cow disease, mm-hmm. bird flu. Like, it's always something, right? Yeah. It's always something. But we get beyond something. It used to be, it was Spanish flu back in the day. It's been influenza. It's whatever. Chicken pox, smallpox. Like, we've, we, medicine finds the, 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 the solution to those type of problems. Eventually. Mm-hmm. Um the the thing uh, um, about the opportunity is do you you got to have a vision of the future. So if you see the future and you see a company's product or service being widely adopted or widely beneficial for millions or billions of people, then those are the type of companies that you need to consider. So I like to look at companies that satisfy needs over companies that satisfy wants. Right. Um People, like you say, need to travel. You don't just want to travel. You need to travel. You can't have a life literally on quarantine. It won't work. You need to travel, right? Um, companies like that are publicly traded like Kroger's, Walmart, Costco, uh, Target, there's Dollar Tree, Dollar General. Their stocks have all been skyrocketing yes, because the pandemic didn't hurt them at all. Mm-hmm. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, And and I've paid attention to that. Now, one of the things we talked about, too, uh, when I called you originally was, we know if something's publicly traded, it's publicly owned, meaning the people that buy stock are are owners of this business. Yes. But is there a way that uh, collectively, almost like in in a sense of... Right now, we're talking about buying black with our dollars, so supporting black businesses. But is it also a way to influence the market by saying, like, okay, because you have uh, your corporation has like almost like a a, 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 a equity report in how the fairness of black people, Mm. you know, people can Mm -hmm. collectivize Mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is a business to invest in. Right now, we're seeing more CEOs step forward and say, I'm going to give some money to to fight racial equality and uh, uh, racial equity. And it's like, I don't even know who the hell they're giving money to. Uh, who what's the checks and balances on that but also it's like do we reward that action do we not reward that action you know it's been, it's been much conversation right now about uh you know people say taco bell but yum corporation which is a collection of taco yep. bell pizza, pizza hut and kfc, and, KFC mm-hmm. and their support for uh donald trump's re-election uh and mm. giving the packs that support that so a lot of people are like don't shop there you know okay but along with don't shop there it's like don't if invest we are there. going to invest I got Who do you. we invest? How do we invest with the best interest of our community too? Mm. Um, do you think something like that could come together? Would it be powerful? Uh, what? What? How do you think maybe the market would respond? Like, um, what's what's just uh, your 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 thoughts on that on the surface? I think that that is a um, very maverick idea. Uh huh. Um, do I think it'll work? I think. 
I'm a, I, I'm more of a real. I'm not a pessimist nor an optimist. I'm more of a realist. Yeah. And if anything, I skew towards optimism. If anything, I'm 51 percent optimist. Yeah. In my realism, right? So I'm the guy saying, yeah, well, maybe let's give it a whirl. Even if I have some apprehensions, I'll say give it a whirl. I'm not at 51% with this. I'm more than that. I think that it's really feasible. Um, but it's about how it's structured and organized to make sure people are on the same page and that it's, uh, you know, it's just all about structure, you yeah. know, because our, you know, it's our people. We got to just do it right, right? We're taking yeah. it from, you know, uh, you know, the, from De- Davidson Street to Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <And> just, uh, <laughs> I agree. And then along with that Davidson to Wall Street, does it need to do you think that it can be more independent? Does it need to be explicitly? Uh, does it need to be explicitly like a mutual fund or can it be independent? Can can everybody say, look, this corporation just corporation X just said that we're going to do this and we see they did that. So everybody, you know, go out, buy one share of that stock. And then we put that on Instagram or something. Yeah, I like think, I'm thinking of a movement that's I different got you. I got of today you. that can be creative. Like maybe it doesn't need to necessarily be an act of um, uh, like a, a, a fund holder. And, I got you. Because I know with the with the with the laws of how investment works. Yeah. And, touching you know, money. That's more gets a little different. But I think that what you know? you're saying as far as some kind of a watchdog group that is monitoring the uh, the fairness or yes. the involvement that publicly traded companies have in our community um, and and pr- having some type of a scorecard. Right. Yeah. Some type of a rating system. Yeah. And some key. These are the things we're looking at, right? Whether it's how they're involved from a philip, phil, you know, from philanthropy, not just from dollars, but it could also be did they have a volunteer any time? Yeah, you know, um, anything. Uh, we could be looking at how many uh, black executives, you yeah. know, they have. You yeah. know, how many VPs and how many, you know, CEOs or you know what percentage of their workforce yeah. is, is is black, and you know, it's. Um, and then you want to choose it. Is you know, this black or the black you, color? Black yeah, vendors. yes. Those type of your you vendors, know. your suppliers, your like you say, what kind of contracts do you have? Anything like do you even have whatever it is? I think that if that's what it is, an independent watchdogs company or something that just kind of like literally independently evaluates and just publishes a report, I think it is a cleaner approach i think yeah. that people um is more credibility in it like we're not here trying to touch your money but once you do that they're trying to investigate like is it a ponzi scheme or is it a yeah. you know what i mean like i don't want i don't want uh 10 million black americans to give you giving $10. me ten dollars on a monthly basis or annual basis for any political cause or to throw stuff because that's, that's giving me right too much juice tools, that's too right much juice tools also exist where you can go on cash app and buy stock yeah you can do that you can so you i can, like you can eat i think buy that stock. that's the way to go of the of influencing and being a resource for mm-hmm. you know uh knowledge and then letting the intelligent investors in our community go yeah. do what they shall i think yes. that's a much cleaner approach Cause the, the the if we got a, the if if we got if we start something together and we got a hundred million dollars sitting in our checking account and we're that influences the market and we're taking that money that we've pulled and we're making these moves and they target us like who runs this outfit and it's a little different because the money is what give makes us a target because that gives you the power yeah if we don't have if we don't if we now if we just got a million dollars. Which is cool. We can get a million yeah. now. There ain't no money. We can get a million, but we got a hundred million. We a target. We get a million. We can run our little bird dog thing and say our thing. We got a hundred million. We actually buying with that. 
then now it, it could be the it moves it the market compromise it could be compromised a little and bit furthermore different. that's really not going to be the mission yeah the mission exactly. is technically keeping um, everything fair we just yeah. want to be transparent hey these yeah. are the people who are interested in our in our agenda and they have and not even our agenda we don't really have an agenda just saying you're they're pro-black yes <laughs> yeah these are companies who like us like yeah. we just want to put support those who like to support us that's really all it is and that's i think it. that that's the this is to keep it as simple as possible and just being very transparent about it and if there's a publicly traded company that is endorsing uh, things that are not beneficial to us, we let it be known. Yeah, and we and transparently without as was much with. I, I would like it to be as, as very uh, objective as possible. I wouldn't even want it to be editorially and and yeah. add any of my personal spin on. It's just transparent because the ball don't lie. You either got tw- tw- this company got twelve black executives. This one got two. That's where they rank on that li- up that on that yeah. list. It's just they've, a ranking. They've given to yeah. fifteen black they, vendors. They've given they, they've given they this may much give to one black vendor, but that black vendor got a hundred million dollars. Exactly, contract. and that yeah. helped. Or they've given this much to the Negro United Negro College Fund, or they gave this much to the NAACP, or they they endorsed. You know, it, you know, it could be political endorsement. Yeah, black candidates, whether they were yeah. Democratic or Republican. Yeah. We got my man, uh, John James, yeah. right, or whatever. He, he Republican. He still, did you give? He still black. Yeah. You 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 support the black man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all we just said. You know what I mean? Like, so like yeah, yeah, we ain't got to go deep into yeah. your intent and what you quit pro quo. No, just it, did the money go? Did it go from one black from one hand to a black hand? Did it go to mm-hmm. a black hand? Yeah. That's it. And and a report like that. As we're as I'm even thinking this through as like the next steps, what's next? Mm-hmm. Um, and then just hearing your energy now, I'm really thinking that I, I want to be a part of seeing something like that grow and yeah. even start small with some of the local companies, because there are yep. many uh, local companies that are publicly traded. Mm-hmm. And a, por- a report like that will be keen and aware, especially right now, as we all have the option to buy that stock. And even if it's just like, hey, yeah, we bought, you know, a a, a a hundred people on Facebook all showing that they bought a share of a company, mm-hmm. you know, because they reported well. Yeah, it's going to be that type of movement that I think will enlighten. I more think that's awesome. It made me on. just think I should even um, with that just a piece of content. I should probably publish a list of publicly traded companies that are headquartered in Michigan because a lot of people didn't. Would, I would I love to. Don't would know how many of them there are. They are. There are quite a few. And we would, and we would like Kroger, to be, Dow, the big three. You know, yeah. just to, to uh, they just jump out at me. That's five real quick. You know, yeah. um, but it's way more. We need to know because mm-hmm. they're a part of our neighborhood, and we need to know. And then at that point, even having the voice to become an owner of one versus yes. the owner of another one. Yes, yes. It's invest like in your own ba- invest in your own backyard. Like Ally Financial, um, I posted about that maybe a month ago, and. Um, when it was 14 bucks a share and now it's 21, you know mm. what I'm saying? Somebody could have made a quick 50% on that, but Ally Financial is headquartered on, it's on Jefferson, mm-hmm. up downtown. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. The old so, GMAC Finance, that's so, Ally Financial. It's an online bank. So when we think about this, like what you're ta- saying with the Ally Financial and then what's in our backyard and, and getting that equity, let's talk a little bit more about how these corporations are functioning Okay. Um, in response to this protest. Uh, I definitely think corporations are in the best interest of making profit, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Absolutely. along with making profit, sometimes the the difference between um, 
Ken Harris Austin talks about this, and and I, I sometimes make it explicit. And I think this is kind of Shout from George Frazier and, and others. But you know, it's a difference between hustling. It's a difference in doing business, and definitely it's a difference in a corporate business, because as a corporate business, uh, they may be looking to appease stakeholders, which their stakeholders are are way more than the customer. Sometimes sure. the stockholder matters more than the customer, and vice versa. Um, or furthermore, they matter on the same level, which is a different way of conducting business than a business owner that really kind of their vested interest is in their customer base. And hustling to me is you're really focused on not a vision that's long term. You're focused on how do I maximize the amount of money I can make today mm -hmm. and right now. So your interest is the money, not necessarily the customer and definitely not an investor because you're mm -hmm. hustling. So with these three different levels of business where do you see corporations looking and responding to these protests? Cause we see some of the statements, we see some of the actions and we're going to donate to the, you know, organizations and stuff like that. But do you think that it's going to impact the market some? And if so, in what ways? I think that the protests um, have imp impacted the markets uh, slightly. Wow. Um, just because it adds more uncertainty, more unrest, mm -hmm. right? It's civil unrest, right? We're supposed to be civilized. And you add that, like, the first, it's like we've already been pent up in the house for months on the quarantine. You got all this employment. And now we have this, this outrage, this, this, this horrific event. And now, not only are you seeing protests, it's not like, it's not like back in the day it was like, like we had one march or some speeches here and there like this is not to dilute the impact of those things but this is these are protests everywhere every day every day like this is i haven't this is i've seen like a protest on this day for this reason but this has literally been daily protests yeah in dozens of cities across america in the world and the first time ever in the world and they're arguably more white people in the protest not and i'm not gonna go into the looters and the setups and the under, I, you know, I don't know about the, the, the mystery bricks and I don't heard about all that yeah. kind of stuff. But I'm just saying in the, the peaceful protests, there are arguably more white people in the actual peaceful protests walking side by side black people mm -hmm. all over the world. And I don't yeah. think that's ever that's never happened. Yeah. Never did the entire world give any attention to our issue. And I think that it's it elevated to a uh, uh, now we're humans. I think that we're at the first point where the world is is doing it's like a tipping point i hope that it can fully tip over yeah i hope and pray that it's not just a we doing this for now and then at some point it go back to the same racist evil world it used to be i think that we've had generations where you've had a lot of interracial inter, uh, interracial relationships yeah you know um all over the world you know um they are athletes, our entertainers, those people, they're celebrated, they're worshipped in some places all over the world. I mean, Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace. Uh, yeah. Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. They, they, they passed. Those brothers were celebrated all over the world. Like we making, you know what I mean? So, and these are black men. Yeah. And to go from everybody, we literally went from two months prior, maybe three months, whatever it was, two, three months prior, Kobe. And, and Gigi and the world just in, in just mourning for a week on Kobe and how much Kobe was part of our 
childhood and coming up. Yeah. He was always around. Whether Kobe's your favorite player or not, he was always part of our growing up. He was there. Yeah, it was like Jordan passed it to Kobe and Kobe passed it to LeBron. Like mm-hmm. he was he he did that for a generation and yes. was still a young guy. He's our age. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so for that to go down and we and and, and, and we deified Kobe. Kobe we celebrate Kobe went out like a god. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Nipsey Hussle was deified. He had a funeral. He went out like a god. You know what I mean? Like, we deified these black men. Yes. And then two months later, we watching this evil white cop yeah. kneeling on the neck. And it's like the kneel, to me, was the shun of Colin Kaepernick. Because his whole movement with the kneeling. And the whole national anthem thing and the whole, we, it, it was bigger than football. It was like, I want to do this so y'all stop. Because the millennials are pissed. That's why is they burning and stuff and tearing it apart. Because they, we had, we know they killed Malcolm, Martin. Like, we had our figures, uh, Bob Marley. We know they took out Pac, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, like, Prince. Anybody who was on some love, John Lennon, they weren't even all black. But if you cared and was like, in the war, stop Vietnam or you know, love not hate, or it don't matter if you black or white. Let's come together. Yeah, they taking you out, mm-hmm. right? Michael Jackson is gonna come out with his album saying this is it. They like, nah, this is it. Like yeah. you ain't coming out saying all that stuff because mm-hmm. that's the propaganda machine. They want to keep their agenda rolling. So anybody that speaks out about their agenda disappears somehow, whether it's execution or exile. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and that's where like you saying the corporations. Yeah, you feel have responded. Like uh, it was unique. One of the first actions in Nike it was uh, oh Nike. I was thinking about when Nike supported Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, well, with that, the with definitely. the camp ad campaign. But to me, that would be an example of a company that we invite to the barbecue at on the list on your on the watchdog act, list. It's like we would say we support this act and saying yeah. and saying and supporting him, giving him a a a, a fair. Uh, a fair, not just the the monies in in the endorsement, but also allowing him the freedom and the creative control to make a campaign that still is impactful. Yes, and speaks to what our message is. And now he's been deified. Colin Kaepernick's way bigger much, than football. Much more. I think he's yeah, one well, of the few. He hasn't made a statement publicly, but I think he's I one of the few wait. people. If he makes a statement, it will be very impactful. I can't wait till he say something because we need the, the whole movement. Because you even with the and it was crazy. This is so crazy and sick and twisted though. The kneel became the movement, mm-hmm. and yes. everybody kneeling through the national anthem to show you know we ain't even standing for this because of the thing, but. For the to, for that officer to kill George Floyd in that manner and shunning that message, but then the flip is, people are kneeling now as part of the protest because it's Very really the, so. so it's like they, they tried to play us and kneel on George Floyd like the like the anti message, you know what I mean? Yes. But the but it's bigger than that. You because now George Floyd is deified. Now he he's a he's a martyr that started mm-hmm. the movement. Very much. This is I feel. This George Floyd, uh, his murder is what the Emmett Till murder must have been. Yeah, for mother's the generation. tipping point, the tipping point. And because his, in that video is the open casket. Yes. You know, uh, in this form of, of media, uh, not, you know, we saw it in, in, in Jet and in Ebony. Uh, or they saw it in Jet and Ebony, but we see it on our social media. And, and you know, it's it, in, 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 in the, in the add another layer to that, Kari, the... Um, the way it was done was gruesome. Yes. Okay. Very like 
And that's why I said the millennials are pissed because we had our few that are named earlier from our generation we exposed to who were murdered. They have like 50 names. Very much so. In the last 10 years, like from Trayvon, like on. Like I mean, the, even, even we didn't see the video and we know the story uh, to, of Breonna Taylor. Taylor, yes. I'm glad that the FBI oh my is God. looking into that. Yes. I mean, we, we were, you and I were young watching the Rodney King. I mean, yeah, the Rodney King, reason, Malice Green. Yes. They had Rodney King, right? We had Malice Green here in Detroit. So we were aware of those isolated situations, but we ride it. And it went down then, but just keep in mind the the millennials in the last ten years they got like fifty names. Yes, very much so. Men, women, young people, yes. older people, armed, unarmed, no, you know what I mean, unarmed industry buying yeah. candy bars or whatever, like all kind of crazy stuff, getting shot in the back. Yes. but it's mostly, but even with that, all that gruesomeness, most of those are instantaneous deaths, not diluting it, but a lot of those are shootings. Yes, even with the police beatings. You beat me up because I've been beat up by the police before. Mm-hmm. I live to see another day. Mm-hmm. But to, to to kneel on my neck and make me fight for my life to breathe yeah. for nine minutes, that's a slow death. A nine-minute death is a slow, long death. Yes. I don't think anyone wants to go out like that. I think anyone say just just give just get it over. I think I, I think, rather just I think some people say would you rather go out like this or would you rather go out like that? I think it it the layers of it and and it's funny in this fight for justice series. I didn't think I would get in in depth with this so much with you, but that's just the realness of black men talking to another black man of it it's it's the kneeling the other the other officers kneeling on his back too but it's also like you vividly see the dismissive nature in Derek Chauvin's expression of like I don't even give a fuck that you're taping this multiple people like his look directly at that young woman that was taping it was like what you gonna do as the man was shouting yo you're killing him you know it's like damn it's like the brazen attitude to like casually have his hand in the pocket as if this is just another Tuesday. And for all we know for him, it could have been just another, another Tuesday. And, and I mean, we don't know, if, we don't know how many. Yeah, we don't know how many people all, all signs that point he's to killed. All signs point to that on, on looking at his if record. If a man could kill report, somebody yes. like that, that casually yes. in broad daylight on camera, on just like it's yes. nothing. Don't think that's the first black man he's yes. ever killed. And that's what we He have did on that record. like it was just another day at the office. Like you say, just another Tuesday. Yeah. In the in the goddamn morning. That's horrible. It first thing even, in the morning. Yeah, it ain't even not meaning like he clocked in kill a black man. Real talk. And 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 this is the the And we just had a black president. Just understand people, it don't even make sense. How do we just go from we just went from Barack Obama, so we just went from seeing the height of what uh, what's possible for a black man in America. Yeah. We've swung from the height, the apex of what a black man could be in America to we we you know what I'm saying like really? Yeah. We went from Barack Obama to George Floyd. That that fact. Just let that kind of Yeah. And I mean I, you know, I have a black son. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a black man. I have, you know, you're a black man. Like I, I believe in our brothers. I think that we could do anything. Yeah. And 
it's so it's just it's I, for me it would it, it reinvigorated my desire to do more for our people mm-hmm. because it was a, a beyond clearer than clear illustration like you say they really don't give they don't care about us man at all yeah and, and they killed Michael Jackson for making a song talking about all I want to say they don't even care, care about us it <laughs> very much so and I mean you you they don't. It's so, and I'm going to talk to an attorney about this, and I'm sure he can break down more, but also just the casual way that after being on video, knowing that somebody's probably putting this on Facebook, they went into the office after he's dead and said he was resisting arrest. That they still, all four officers were complicit in filing that report, which shows more of the injustice and their coroner report saying, well, he had drugs in his system and he had pre-existing conditions. You know, so it's like the layers of injustice. So it's good to know that it's good to know that you feel that some that some corporations are responding. I was I was applauding in target statement to say, look, we're with the protesters after they saw their corporation being burned to the ground because they recognized that. That store in that property has nothing to has is not even close to the value of black life. So I think that that was like and a hell of a or, step. or targets profits. A lot of our sisters love they Target. Yeah. So they know like we we can't we can't lose the black community either. So it's just, it's a symbiotic relationship. And I just yeah, I, I to bring the conversation more back towards the the the, the economic mm-hmm. elements, because I want to make sure I hit a couple key points. Um one the pandemic was eye-opening for a lot of people not just corporations because it was exposure of what is your current financial condition and the most important thing that i encourage anybody to do is save money the biggest problem we have financially within our community is we don't save money we spend too much money i remember when i first got um my parents took me to get my first bank account might have been 11 years old and they got me a savings account. And I was not excited about that because I thought in the 80s when I was around, I thought that the power was in the checking account because I would write, see my parents write checks. And if they write a check, then we would get things right. We go to the store, they write the check and then we can bring stuff home. And so to me, the power was in the check because you can acquire things. You can pay bills with checks and you can drive cars if you got a check. You can go to private school with a check. Like, And I went. So I didn't. I didn't. I wanted a checking account. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to write checks. I thought that that's where the power was at, mm-hmm. and I don't think that I was the only child that thought that the power was in the checking account. And the reality of it is, uh, now at age forty-one, so thirty years later, I've realized that the power is actually in the savings account, the ability to save. And it's more of an analogy. Um, there's better places for your money than the savings account, but the concept of yeah. saving, saving. When you save, it gives you a power position. It gives you options. It gives you leverage. You can do a lot of things. Um, banks don't loan money to people that don't have money. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can we can definitely. I, I do feel that you know traditionally the 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 systemic racism involved in those institutions, banking institutions, and in the financial industry. Now, with that, there are certain rules. I mean, I've taken a lot of these classes, and let's go to directly what you're speaking of, like. Dr. Claude Anderson. Sure. The the propensity to spend. That's the term that a lot of economists would use, meaning that the uh, 
Meaning, as the old phrase my mom used to say, money's burning a hole in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Meaning you can't wait to spend this money. Mm-hmm. You spent your check before you get your check. Mm. Living beyond your means. Yes. An economist will call that you have a high propensity to spend. Uh, the black community does have a very high propensity to spend and all economic standards. And there are legitimate, uh, I shouldn't say legitimate, but there are strong arguments of why. Some of it is the scarcity that exists. Some of it is is, is the reality. Uh, and, and this is where I would ask you, um, how do you build some of those savings institutions when when many of us are mentally, because all of this stuff is definitely mental first, shackled to like, I need to have a higher quality of life. And this money is a gateway to that higher quality of life. Um. So that's a great question. So I would say like this, we learned our math, our money rules from people who weren't good with money. If they taught it to us at all anyway, which is probably our parents. And a lot of times we say it's taboo to talk about religion, politics and money. Yes, it's taboo. So and and so they either didn't tell us at all. We were shut out of there. We did. We weren't part of those practices. Like, yeah, my parents took me to open up my first account, but my parents didn't teach me how to balance a, a, a bank book. Yeah. They didn't tell me. They didn't teach me about that. They just took me to get an account because you're supposed to have an account and you save you some money just because yeah. that's important. So I at least knew you're supposed to save some money. Yeah. You know what I mean? But beyond that, no, I didn't learn how to balance a bank bank statement So I was in college. My parents, they didn't know. I mean, I mean, I guess they knew, but they didn't teach me if they yeah. knew. I don't know. Yeah. You know, what I mean, um, I was shocked to know that uh, my parents still have a mortgage. Like they still have a mortgage. Y'all well, refinance well, many of us, Like what? Many, and I don't though. I own my house free and clear, and my parents have lived in the same house but, since seventy six and but still but have a mortgage. Many of us have refinanced and refinanced, and I think that this, these are some of the other predatory practices. I just yeah, they, my, they, shout yeah. out my my aunt. My my aunt was uh, my aunt was pitched a uh, reverse mortgage. mortgage or something like yeah, that. Yeah, at like at like seventy four. You know what I'm saying? And she's 74 like, years old. When she was pitched, not I me. Mean, she's no longer that. But, but to, yeah. to to even offer lending, but it's yeah. like it's these predatory practices that Very exist predatory. in our community. Yes, and that that we talk about. So like I, I I you know this is a really good point in this discussion. As I oftentimes say, and I work with her, and and my uh, my cousins have Poly Pomona, which is like they help with like budgeting. Okay, because a lot of people it, it's tough. I talked to another one of my like big homies and great aunts. I'm always like, you need to let me look at your expenses because mm-hmm. she's like, I'm about to retire. I'm about to do this. I'm like, let me look at your expenses. And I'm like, you know, I, I have my Excel street spreadsheet of, you know, expendable income. What do I have coming up? I know when these things are recurring, but some of us are like just kind of on the roller coaster of just not knowing what the hell is happening with our money yeah. you know it's like you know certain things will exist but it's pressure it's anxiety thinking i know i may not have enough for this i know i may not have enough for that um so savings definitely can become like damn near overwhelming even just to save to a point which yeah. as an entrepreneur that's what i usually do i like save to a point to make a move and i invest in something that's that's usually my approach. I got you. But I know my dad's an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. I have some other skill sets that I'm have been availed to me that a lot of the people I know, like you say, just don't 
have access to. You I'm know? happy you and brought some that up. of it, like uh, I'm going to kind of uh, give you a hypothetical situation of a classic situation that we've all seen. Let, let, I'm going to say I'm going to call this hypothetical person um, Markeisha X. So Markeisha X is living in, you know, written in the hood, you know, has a kid, you know, kind of doesn't like really being there, feels trapped in the hood, uh, probably bought. And paying for this, uh, uh, that week to week car lot car, which is predatory in itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Overpaying for insurance yep. and overpaying on a note that she's paying for week to week. Yeah. You know, probably other stuff like rent centers going on in, in Markeisha X's house, mm-hmm. all predatory t- practices. And she's in community college looking to study to become an RN. Mm-hmm. She becomes an RN, feels accomplished, feels really happy. Um, gets a couple checks under her belt, knows now that I can, you know, qualify for this condo in the suburbs mm-hmm. because now my kid can go to a good school, quote unquote, you know, and I can not live in the hood. And I also, so I'm going condo in the suburbs and now I'm going to go get a real car lease. You know, oh, yeah. I always wanted that Hellcat. I deserve a Hellcat because I've been going to school. Nobody ever really gave shit to me. And bam, now I'm in a Hellcat. Mm-hmm. Markeisha X now has, she's she's on paper making what an RN makes, you know. But in the financing, she is student loan, overpaying for rent, overpaying for lease. In a situation where she's, you know, needing that cash app from brother, sister, mm-hmm. and, and little cousin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just to keep shit afloat. And depending upon how the weeks fall in a month, she's either in debt or not in debt. Mm-hmm. And and I'm using Markeisha X. But that is a very common position for many of our people. Mm-hmm. Because many of us say, I d- won't stay in that house that they were renting. Won't stay in that car because almost like the material goods are almost like a treat. Like a, I've I've succeeded and now I need to um, get a higher quality of life through this better car, through this better house or whatever. Yeah, um, we're all guilty of that, man. I mean, it's I just bought an, another Beamer six months ago. Right. So I can't yeah. be mad at people for doing silly stuff. But the difference is I bought. And I'm saying another, but I I have two BMWs, but one is it's sitting on the side of the house and is 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 needs massive repair. So let me get it. Let me paint yeah. that picture. But okay. I bought a used one, right? Yeah. Um, it's a 2011, mm-hmm. so I I didn't get the depreciation hit, but I didn't want to go buy a new one because that don't make sense, right? Because people do, our people especially want the newest, latest, greatest, shiny thing. So, um, but I did that as a as one of those like you say you save and then you go do something, but. I paid my house off. So my treat for me was I, well, I own my house free and clear. So I paid off my primary residence. And then my second thing I did after that is uh, making sure you have an emergency fund. So I was talking earlier about how we got to save and we don't save. So I was doing research about you supposed to have an emergency fund. Um, a lot of people say 3000 5000 whatever. But then whatever basically it works your, for your life. Your quality of life and yeah. what your expenses are. What your expenses are. So then for me, after I paid off my house. I got, I did, I uh, saved five thousand for an emergency fund, but then I thought that, you know, you know, I got children and stuff like, so I would save ten thousand, right? And so after yeah. I saved, I paid off my house, saved ten grand, and then start investing more. You know, 
it just became a snowball feel like once you go to a certain point you just don't be broke no more if you just you got but you have to discipline yourself so i started doing stuff like changing like you mentioned earlier mentally i started to change my ways and not be who you know who we i used to be because i grew up on the east side in detroit in the same community yeah. with you know the fall victim of the same thing i that, wanted that, jordans yeah. but my yeah. parents never got jordans because we couldn't afford jordans yeah. now i'm 41 years old i know jordans are 200 bucks or whatever i've never owned one pair of jordans in my life but i can go buy a hundred pair tomorrow today in 10 minutes whatever they call i can go buy 200 mm-hmm. pair of jordans tomorrow 10 minutes but i've never owned one pair so it's the difference between wants versus needs i need shoes mm-hmm. we want jordans but i you need shoes you yeah. can get shoes for 20 30 40 bucks they might be the ones you want yeah. but they satisfy your need you're not barefoot but we so caught up in jordan like so i go in these high schools through my program bullish teens i talk and teach to a lot of the youth and i have them show of hands how many of y'all own a pair of jordans how many of y'all own more keep your hands up you'd be surprised me on three four ten pair of jordans like in their lifetime yeah. and so i showed them the difference of well of your parents Somebody say something like, who was around in two, who was alive in 2005? Show of hands. All their hands go because they only be 15. Yeah. But they, some of them have five pair of Jordans. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, that's a thousand dollars your parents spent for getting you shoes. If in 2005, they had to put that thousand dollars in Nike stock yeah. instead of buying you the Jordans. Cause in 2005, Nike stock was 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Now it's over a hundred bucks. Yeah. So that thousand would have been over $10,000 right now. So you could buy you could they could have bought you fifty pair of like if they'd invested in Nike stock you could buy fifty pair of Jordans today, and and it's deep that you speak <laughs> about this in the psychology. I don't know if you've seen and that, that doesn't even include with the dividends. That's just all the yeah. capital appreciation. Uh, this is uh, it's deep. You speak about this as uh, the the Netflix series uh, Black AF or Black as Fuck about uh, Kenya Burris. I, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but uh, it I saw two episodes, episodes like but the it first speaks two to that that. You know, going back and buying what you couldn't buy when you were a kid. Mm. You know, I, I never I, I was the poor kid, you know, hence like yeah. now I'm talking about um, uh, Kwame X. So mm-hmm. Kwame X feels like, yo, I was the poor kid. So now I have some money to myself. So now I want to buy some top tens. I'm going to buy a Sergio Tashini fit. I'm going to get some uh, Cartier glasses like I'm buying all of this that I wanted when I was a child today, which yeah. are. Uh, depreciating assets. Mm-hmm. So for people learning, we're talking some uh, finance terms here. A depreciating asset is an asset that loses value the minute you buy it. So is that really an asset? That's even a deeper question right there. <laughs> but that, I'm just speaking as in finance. But I, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, yeah, an appreciating I, yeah. asset is something that appreciates in value as you buy it. Yeah. So they would say that, you know, land, usually a house. Usually, possibly, usually, uh, possibly a stock could be that possibly a life insurance policy. Like right now, mm. I was just talking to somebody, you know, and uh, about term life or whole life. Most of us don't notice. And, mm-hmm. and if we have a life insurance policy, usually it's term life, meaning that the terms will be based on a certain amount of money expect, uh, that you will get if you die within this certain window and making your time uh, and making your payments. A whole life is different because mm-hmm. it'll be like. Your whole life, you can take some. You can lend out of a whole life. You can you can reinvest in whole life. Yeah, I think it's way uh, more people selling term life because usually to a lot well, of well, it's ins- cheaper as well. Yeah, it's cheaper so the, too. That's the main thing. I think people buy the payments. Yes, and just gamble on 
yeah, and you're gambling on basically, I think I may die before 75 or whatever that mm-hmm. X number is, mm-hmm. you know, whereas uh, I mean, but some of these things like a financial planner would talk about are definitely not expressed in our community as like the way and our propensity to spend too. When we think of being here in the city of Detroit as black people, we also have the asset and the benefit of like at least right now, maybe two generations back of a whole workforce worth of people that um, that were beneficiaries at the time of what was happening with the labor movement. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. my parents, like I always say, my parents met at a cost of adjusted living party, <laughs> meaning <laughs> a cost of adjusted lending living means that every like usually twice a year or maybe quarterly, the big three were doing so well that they would that uh, that they would give bonuses mm-hmm. to employees mm-hmm. based on cost of ele- adjusted living, meaning that the cost of life in America has gone up. So now we owe you more money. Mm-hmm. This was something that That's went awesome. on where people used to throw parties connected to this because they knew people you. had extra money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not like I mean, we're laughing because that yeah. seems like. That seems like meet George Jetson. Right. Real as talk. of today. Right. I right now it would be like, damn, you got a job party. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you laughing, but you know what I'm yeah, saying? You got a job party. I got you. My last unemployment check party. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so we, we still had a lens of a base. Mm-hmm. If it, you know, I, I kind of push back sometimes on financial planning because I, I think it's a lot of snake oil salesmen in that industry. I oh yeah, it is. It's a lot of people that are full of shit. That from what I know from my my Walsh College education, uh, which I'm not saying that Walsh College is so great, but I feel like it's a great institution to learn from the most conservative people of how they look at money. And I'd like to look at money the way that those people look at money Mm -hmm. because it's a tool that they usually use. And I'm not saying they're right or I'm not saying they're wrong, but it's at least the theories that they're applying. And some of the stuff I hear with these financial planners in the hood. It don't feel well in my gut. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, money gives you access. Yeah. That's just what it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's totally a tool. And if it, it, and I look at the tool of money like fuel, right, in a vehicle, right? You can have a vehicle, but if you don't have any fuel, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to do anything. And that's why I look at us. We're people in America, which is a capitalistic society. Yeah. And our bodies, our straw man or whatever, right, that's your vehicle. If you don't have no money, you don't have no fuel. You can't you can't get out here and do nothing. It costs money to leave the house. It literally costs money to leave yeah. a house. The period. So whether you get uh eat, gas, right? I you know, I I gotta get ninety three, right? That's a whole nother mm-hmm. expense. Expense. You know what I mean? Just saying it costs money to leave the house. It costs money to wake up because you mm-hmm. gotta eat, you gotta drink, sleep, you know what I mean? You gotta you got to do stuff. You have pets, right? You, people got dogs, like whatever you got to feed, like you have children. Like every day there's a dollar, there's a finite amount that it costs for you to be alive Hence on a the daily term, basis. Cost of living. Absolutely. You know, but yeah. we don't, we don't recognize we're that. Not, we're not. They don't have your spreadsheet. It. Yeah. People no. don't have your, excuse no. me, so they don't have your spreadsheet. No. They're not on Excel looking at how much does my life cost? Like even with life insurance, that's really to take, take care of your final expenses. And if you yes. want to leave something, but we don't, we're not aware of how much it costs every day to live. No. When you really add that car note, your house note, your insurances and all that kind of stuff up and divide it, 
what is it really what is your yeah. real cash burn and i think if people were aware of that daily number you you you'll do stuff differently the behavior I, you it'll totally change i just think though people we don't we'll, we'll we look at ourselves mm -hmm. in the mirror to make sure our outfit is tight our hair is tight or whatever you know the ladies with their makeup and jewelry accessories we do all that but we don't look in the mirror in our finances and make sure our finances is tight right and it's mm -hmm. like i know i have a pretty good idea of where i am financially it's not where i want to be but it's in the direction that i should be going you know what i mean and it's like mm -hmm. it came really from my father my father asked me when i was i, I was might have been 30 because i had my children i was 29 so i was 30 years old and he asked me a peculiar question he's like how old are you and i'm like i'm i'm 30 i mean it's my father was like <laughs> you know it was like i'm 30 i know i know my dad <laughs> asked me the same okay, thing but so me, <laughs> that's how men are i mean you a dad now yeah. men, men aren't like Fathers are different than mothers. Way different. She knows the date, the time, yeah, the, hour, the, date, the hour, the minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she probably know her. Yeah, she she know your, she your kids water. your yeah. kids friends' birthday. Yeah, stuff like that. You know, it's like well, how old? Are you? So I was like, like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm, I'm thirty. You like, all right. So how old are you gonna be next year? I'm like, is this a trick question? I'll be thirty one. He like, you got thirty one thousand dollars. I like, I I don't I don't I don't. Not like I don't know. I I doubt it. He's like, you got two kids. How you gonna take care of my grandkids and you ain't got no money? You be thirty one. You ain't got thirty one thousand dollars. You thirty whatever. Like he's like, so how are you gonna be in ten years? Forty one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like because it's yeah. weird. Like I like I'll be forty one. He's like, by the time you forty one, you better have forty one thousand dollars or we are gonna have some problems. Yeah, that's deep. It's super deep. And I'm 41. Yeah. And, and as you speak about that, that's very deep. And that's an interesting like way to put everything, especially from your dad being given it to you playing like that. Because the other angle, I think, uh, that impacts black savings um, is the other variables that take place in black life. You know, Um Variables like especially I know a lot of black women is black women are very active in the information and technology age of working. So yes. you'll have and I'm sure you like me. I mean, we've dated very successful black women, but that very successful black woman may be anchoring a whole family into whatever her saving situation mm -hmm. is. So it's like co-signing with her sister that has children in her apartment. Co-signing, let, let me tell you all this, if you don't know, because mm -hmm. we've all seen it, but mm -hmm. a lot of people don't act like this. You co-sign with somebody and they don't pay. It come back on you and it mess up your they credit. They are coming for now That's your credit you. report. You can't, you can't go into, uh, you know, you can't go to GMAC and mm -hmm. say, hey, guess what? I was just looking out for my brother and he no longer, they're like, we don't give a damn. That's your debt. That's, that's your, your debt. That's your debt. You, you know? sign. So it's it's situations like that. It's situations uh, of other almost carrying the responsibility and understanding the, the trials and tribulations of black life because that plays a strong role, I think, too, in our community of like um, – you know, one of the one of the classic examples I use is you talked about pro athletes when they say, man, all these pro athletes go broke. But, you know, poverty is still interconnected into black life, as we know that that asset of money is one of the key assets that is strategically kept far away from us. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's definitely some onus things like we could do Absolutely. to change that. It goes. But also it's like it's it's systemic 
and it's interpersonal. I believe this is, is yes, you're you hit the nail on the head. It's both. Yes. It's both. We're in a system that's designed for us to fail, but we're also um we're not we're not doing anything to change that. We're uh, mm-hmm. we're allowing it to be business as usual because we're not from like you say the internal forces it starts mentally. We can't change yeah. the world outside of us and our perspective of what's outside of us until we can control and change the world that's inside of us and that world is in here. It's whatever you think it is. Like whether I mean the, the it's it's almost like it's it's I believe it's more to the mental aspect and in turn I, I think if I had to go with my concept of the fifty one and the forty nine percent analogy it's fifty one percent mental it's not fifty one percent systematic because there are brothers and sisters that come into this country and have figured out ways of being successful financially without being an athlete or an entertainer. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I had to figure out how to have forty one grand by the time I was forty one to satisfy my father, and I didn't do it by rapping. And I didn't do it by hooping mm-hmm. and I didn't do it by trapping. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's it can happen. You just got to you have like you said, you've been reading more. You study more. It's, it's, you got to You got to immerse yourself in more information, more knowledge and be around different people to have different habits. And so when I looked around my peer group, I realized like most my boys even and most of my boys are older than me. But a lot of them was 40 and didn't have 40 grand. Mm-hmm. A lot of them was 40 and was still renting. You know what I mean? We think about like, damn, you've been renting at a, a thousand a month for twenty years. That's yes. two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, just mm-hmm. that's over two hundred thousand. I'm just saying, like, that's a lot of like. You could have owned this. You could have had you a building. You could have had a. And there's so many things. So my father didn't say in ten years spend forty one thousand dollars. He said in ten years show me you got forty one thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You have to have it. Like, and but when you think about it. That's basically what helps up me free financially because through the process, I have, I have better credit. Like I got, you know what I mean? Like I got, mm-hmm. I, I own my primary residence. I own other property. I have a portfolio in the stock market. I got, reti- you know, IRA and 401k. I got stuff popping now, but it's like it didn't happen until I focused on one goal, which was saving. You have to save for a goal. And now I have options because I have money. I can move wherever I want. If I want to, I can go move into a $300,000 neighborhood. Four hundred thousand neighborhood. I would. I don't know if I want that mortgage, right? I ain't saying I got four hundred G's, but I at least got the forty thousand, right? I at least have mm-hmm. forty. At the minimum, I if I don't have nothing else in this world, I at least got forty one G's. You get what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. my mindset is, but that's a foundation. That's I, that's a ten percent down payment on a four hundred and ten thousand dollar house. Yeah. So I can, you know, what I mean, or I can just go buy one of these houses and yeah. fix it up with forty yeah. grand. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. do some stuff. But say like, but it gives you. Just having some money saved puts you in a power position where you can figure it out. Maybe, maybe I, oh, the stock market, oh, the airline stocks are going up. How much is Spirit right now? 20? I'm going to go get 100 shares. What's that, 2 Gs? Mm-hmm. But if you got 20 Gs, what's 2? Mm-hmm. To go get, but, and then you buy, you know, like you said, you buy the airlines and then they jump. Now that 2,000 went, if it only go up 40%, that was 800 extra dollars. It's some mm-hmm. people work all week for eight hundred dollars. People work for two weeks to get eight hundred dollars. Yeah, you didn't have to work. Spirit worked. Yes. So that's what the other people do that we don't do. We don't put our money to work. We put our money to waste. Mm-hmm. Both words begin with W. Work and waste. Yeah. But we put our money to waste. Why? Because we want Jordans. I yeah. put my money to work. I go get Nike stock. And I think I think in changing that mentality, that's one of the things too. 
the like the carrot on the stick mentality should yeah. be almost like you can embrace a different form of investment or escapism or release or entertainment save. other than other than what you think is being expendable. Meaning, yes, because you're right. Like I, I've seen, you know, some 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 Cartier glasses can get you a good amount of stocks. But if you look yeah. at stocks, if you look around, if you can look at your portfolio and find being enthralled with that, as enthralled as you are with buffs, and I know I'm speaking definitely in the uh, theoretical world right here. Sure. Because you can't, you know, you, you can't walk around with, you know, your, your, your stocks on your face where maybe somebody in the club will notice you. But here's the thing with that. They'll you snatch, your, they'll snatch probably, your yays off your face. People yeah, snatch your yays. You can't snatch my portfolio. Yeah. You can't snatch my my financial freedom from you. Can't snatch my credit score. You can't yeah. snatch my my free and clear home that's paid off. You can't yeah. take that from me. Like so, my freedom is there. Like it's no like I I got friends if they you know when everybody was flying to Dubai that had that little run where everybody want to yeah. go to Dubai and take their little pictures for they they selfies of us. Now you in now we in Dubai with it. But it's like I could fly to Dubai twenty times. Yeah, and I ain't been once. Just I look at the, going to Dubai like I look at Jordans. It's like anything that that they have out there that we're doing this booby traps i move in the opposite direction they got us smoking black and my i don't smoke black and miles like i'm just saying anything you know what i'm saying what they yeah. got doing i don't use yeah. the n-word no more i try yeah. not to do but you know what i'm saying anything that they they, they want them to do i don't do because that's what that's the booby trap yeah. they want us all backwoods and because they want us all have lung cancer so that's why everybody give me get some woods let me get some woods i can't i can't i can't live without smoking some woods people yeah. are on that and all, and all we do is eat pizza and McDonald type fast food like our so we don't eat healthy we we everything is uh let me get some Hennessy let me get some Remy what's up with that Remy I mean you go to the store whatever you're doing that's all it is all day and it's just our people we gotta have like they didn't close the liquor stores in the pandemic because it was considered essential what's crazy is because there's people who are literally going to shock and being filled up the hospitals if they can't access their alcohol. Or their cigarettes and stuff like that because they're dependent on this stuff. So we don't have we we wait like we're kill like we waste our money to kill ourselves faster. So we have nothing left over to pass generationally, and then at the end we gotta go fund me. Like this, this it's, it's nuts, bro. Like yeah. the situation we're in is beyond nuts because we yeah. do have buffs. I know plenty of dudes with buffs, Jordans, got uh, drive Challengers or Marauders. They got these or they got. TV still, I know people got all this and living, don't own living nothing. Living they mom's don't basement. own nothing, yeah. dog. But that yeah. car they paying on, if they own that, they got an yeah. old school. But it's like, yeah. and maybe you do got a cute big booty girl around or whatever you went to. But that that can't does that define your life? Because because I'm 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 throwing the flag on everybody. Like I you can't mm -hmm. like you can't BS me because I've been a hood dude. Like I've been around that impoverished hood rich mentality like i used to have a mercedes and was broke though like and i didn't like and what i vision is broke now like i thought i had some bread but really i didn't you know what i mean i had a benz but i was renting mm -hmm. you know what i mean i like that don't even make sense how do you why you what but that's some but that's ish but you that, know what i'm saying like that that mentality and then also yeah. i mean when we talk about families yeah it's funny like uh you know and and i've often been told this like in dating before it's like you so serious you so serious a lot of people think i'm ser serious just like a lot of people think you real serious mm -hmm. sometimes they think i'm 
you know, and we we still have serious and silly sides to ourselves. Absolutely. Now, with it, but in a serious in conversation and dating, that's one of the things I do. Like I, I consider it like a, a real like if I'm dating and I, and we get serious, it's like I show the budget. And it's funny just seeing the responses sometimes of, you know, different women when they see my budget. If we dating and we serious, it's like this is my cash flow. This is how I budget for my business. This is how I budget for my life. You see some are you know, you see the expenses and the differences and you see me expecting when cash flow will come in with me negotiating and what's happening. Because I definitely in a marketing firm, I have a complete business where I'm interfacing with some clients right now, but it's all up in there. I don't know what's going to happen with my business. Right. You right. know, but how do you feel about that financially? Because I do think that that investment in what you're doing with your money has a lot to do with the family structure, too. And how do you suggest couples should interact with that? Because I still need to figure this out because I've gotten such mixed responses. I don't know what to do next time. No, know? it's crazy you bring it up because I've been quarantined with my lady. Like, so mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be a nut situation. The first week drove me nuts, but we've been cool now. Um, and we are uh, currently rehabbing um, the house, right? So I, told yeah. you, I bought my house, paid it off, but then she came maybe a year later or with it, maybe six months later on, on the move-in tip. And so she wants to help out with the rehab, have some skin in the game because we've been kicking it two years. So the next step would probably be, you know, yeah, house marriage or marriage house. Like I'm trying to, you know, fellas, I'm trying to, like, well, let's get another, let's get a house. Let's fix this house up and buy a yeah. year and let's get a house and buy me another year and let's get engaged yeah. buy me a year. You feel me? Like, mm -hmm. but I'm 41, so I can't string her on forever. So, but the thing is, that being said, the conversations actually just started taking place through the quarantine, like mm. really within the last couple of weeks, because we've been kicking it for two years, but never went in depth about on, on each other's money because she had her own uh, apartment in Canton. I always, yeah. I had me a crib, so I figured, look, you got you, a, you drive you a 2020 and 2020 or whatever, you got you apartment out there. And you ain't she don't ask me for bread like you have yeah. all your stuff together. But I never wanted to cut into her like what you really got. And I remember one situation we said um, uh, when I first met her mother, we went out to uh, lunch or something like that. And she was kind of talking about some of the exes that her daughters dated in the past and kind of made like how guys was on her coattails or something like that. I'm thinking like it that ain't me. Like, I don't know what your financial situation. I mean, we, we, we even argued one time before and I brought up some like, I mean, I know you think you got bread, but I'm pretty confident I got more bread than you. And you should have seen her face. Like it was shocking. Yeah. Like I didn't show her my because bread. You you but you're I like me too in the sense of the usual packaging of what we see as money in our community, you don't uh you don't fall under the lens of that packaging. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And that's whether the street do, because you're not wearing like crazy leathers and you yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and jewelry. Mm -hmm. Or like the quote unquote we think professional dude, because you're not coming in here with a Brooks Brothers, though you got right. suits and stuff like that. You right. dress like a dude in the street. T shirt, shorts. And like everything you say is definitely what what I look at, even when I evaluate like where where's your cash flow? Where's your debt? You know, here's another concept. Debt to asset ratio what what are you you know are you under or are you over you know what do you own free and clear because mm -hmm. if you're just paying off on everything you technically not really anywhere mm -hmm. so i know i kind of went on somewhat of a tangent but it, it's good you spoke to that because many of us that's another thing i think that 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 our people uh in americans in general not just black people but americans in general we can fall for the smoke and mirrors because another smoke and mirror person is our current president mm -hmm. it's always said and when you look into his records that he has this money and he speaks about money and and being so wealthy 
But when you look at his investments and everything, most of his deals are done under the assumption that he's the heavy, meaning that his name and his brand are what move the deal forward in his interests. Mm -hmm. He's rarely really put the capital in. His father put a lot of capital up. Yeah. But Donald Trump, our current president, rarely really puts the capital in like a. You don't have to. Well, I guess that that that's another argument. That's you know what I mean? Argument. I mean, it's, it's about what you bring to the table in a deal. Yeah. Like, I remember when I first started teaching stock market workshops, you know, yeah, I had to go to the Northwest Activity Center, rent some space, yeah. you know, and go and promote and do my thing. You know, um, I remember the first time I went out of town, you know, I had to, you know, go to go online, buy some tickets on Spirit and mm-hmm. fly and teach. And yeah. but now, four years later, that's not the case. People pay me to speak. People pay and fly me or whatever. Like, I don't have to. I don't pay for space like because the value is, oh, we got my man. Like I made my name mean something more. Now, it's not not on Trump's level, but I don't have to pay for the stuff I used to pay for because the value is you're going to you're going to make money just by listening to me. So you're going to charge me to put you on game and put money in your pocket because if anything, you should be paying me to put, you know, what I mean, like for the game. Put you on game. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how it works now because people respect the game but you got to know game so to bring the close out that other part of conversation because this is very critical yeah the wealth building happens with the black family in the black community that's deep when me and my lady had a conversation because she didn't like and i brought back to when i said I, in an argument i was like you talk all this breast crap i probably got more money than you and she made a face like basically Please. no way yeah like no way yeah. And so I let that be because the way she looked made me almost think maybe she do got more than me. Like, yeah. I don't know. And then we've been uh, we'll text each other little links to Zillow because through the rehab and then with the whole pandemic, you know, the quarantine, some of the people you can't for a while. Couldn't nobody come in and do the do the work. So we yeah. just got a half done crib, crib. and we looking crazy. So now we're getting it finished. Like this guy's at the, this guy's Working right out. now in the kitchen right now finishing that out. And I laid the floors myself. Shout out to my grandfather uh, who taught me carpentry. You got that right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's um, another That's another ad, appreciating <laughs> asset. Knowing how to do something. Yeah. Really, knowing how to do something may be the greatest appreciating asset. Yes, sir. Asset. Yes, sir. So, Skill sets. It's a tree. Um, yeah, I do a lot more than trade stocks. But but putting put our conversation in full circle, we'll send each other little Zillow links to houses of where we want to go next. And... It was, and for me, it's not my first house or mortgage. It would be hers, and so she doesn't know a lot about that. And so she asks very great questions because her biggest fear in life is being broke. I've never mm. met a woman say like, you know, when you talk about what's your greatest fear, hers is being broke. I'm like, really? That's a peculiar thing, but I can rock with that. Like, that's yeah. your greatest fear in the world is being broke. And she got her own, you know, her own bread. Thankfully, I got more money than her. We did have that conversation. I edged her out, so I I'm up on her. Um. Uh, but with that being said, the conversation was like, do we sell this house? Do we rent this house to acquire another house? But after we actually had the financial conversation, realized we have enough money individually or combined that we can just go get another house. Like if if it was, you know, and within our range, you know, what I mean, nothing yeah. scary. But if it was if it was, say, 250, well, we both individually have at least 25 grand. Okay, remember, I have at least 41,000 and we'll have at least that for the rest of my life, whatever it is. From, and I'm using that as a yeah. tie back. But that yeah. whole story with my father, but that gives you the options. And she has at least 41,000, but she ain't 41. My lady's 27. So mm-hmm. the difference is that's mm-hmm. we can move. You know what I mean? That's just saying those are the minimums we have. So we 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 know that at least liquid between the both of us, we have 100 grand. So yeah. we have 100 grand liquid. 
Mm-hmm. We both got jobs. We both have businesses. We don't have a house note. Mm. You know what I mean? Went from she had a house note. She had, yeah. but now we, you know what I'm saying? Like so, that's how you build. That's the wealth accelerator. Like mm-hmm. there's no there's no bill. You get what I'm saying? Like we went to get appliances last Saturday. I ain't never went appliance shopping with a girl. That's why I know this is getting more serious. And the appliance was like. Came with like, I don't know, $2,600 or something like that. And she was like, well, how you want to do it? it was up. And, and I'm going to the room. I'm, you know, I'm pulling up my little on my app to see which I'm, what, what I'm going to pay with. You know what I mean? She didn't, she didn't put it on her debit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's peculiar. But then I, I cashed after 1200 on it. You know what I mean? For the cash yeah. app just on some yeah. next day. But like, I'm in the mix with you. But that was sweet to say you went and swiped 2600 for appliances like it was nothing. But that's the power of saving money. If you didn't save the twenty six, you couldn't debit twenty six. It would have been possibly at best a credit card. Yeah. Which now you may end up spending, depending upon how long you had that debt, you could end up spending somewhere between twenty seven hundred dollars for that or possibly five thousand dollars for that. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. depending upon how you carry that debt over. All depending on how you carry that debt over. So. The pillar of building wealth in the black community is the black family. Because mm. as the black family can work together and save money, you're splitting the bills and you have a uh, uh, a unified goal set. And I don't mean split 50-50, ladies, I know before the ladies get pissed at me. I know sisters don't believe in that. But just saying, whatever the split is, right? Yeah. Um, I saw my father. My mother's, never, my mother's never opened the mortgage envelope. My mother don't know what a house note looks like mm-hmm. right but she bought all mostly most of the groceries like or she would my father paid all the car notes but my mother would pay the car insurance like they yeah. had a system that worked whatever for them whatever the consensus is whatever the thing so that like, worked for you as a family which yes. in reality in america we have to we have to really look at this for real mm-hmm. in america family marriage and family that's a business that is a business arrangement yes that's a business because if it, it breaks it damn shows a business rate oh it definitely but if it works, it's then actually it's a, the key to your yes. economic freedom because mm-hmm. you look at it. Well, let's say my lady made 30 grand. Right. Yeah. Let's say I made 30 grand. Mm-hmm. Well, that's 60. Let's say in our side businesses, we each make 15. Yeah, that's 30, 30, 30 that's 90. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a house note and you bring in ninety thousand dollars. Yeah. Now you have some savings. You should be able to save some money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm just using numbers that are, that are, are absorbable. I'm not trying yeah, to be over no. nobody here, but just saying 30, 30, 30. Yeah, I ain't saying you make, but it's people here, you make 90. Like, you use the yeah. example of the RN. It's yeah. RNs make 60, 70, 80,000, but yeah. they don't have $800 in their savings account. If, and yeah. don't have no money yeah. in the market. They yeah. might have whatever little for the 401 at the hospital did, but that'd be the bare minimum. I mean, you look up and you go, okay, you've you been working for six, for six years and yeah. you got eight grand. You've been working yeah. for six years making 60,000, you only got eight G's? Like we don't know where we like we don't know where we supposed to be at. You know what I'm saying on the on that trajectory for yeah. retirement, yeah. right? We don't know our benchmarks because yeah. we're not keeping score. The way we keep score is Yays, Jordans, and trips to Dubai, and Robin jeans, and uh, red bottoms, and all this dumb stuff that don't mean nothing. That's how we be keeping score. Yeah. But we really kept scoring. Like I'm 41, I'm supposed to have at least 41,000. Yeah. Well, we're, we're supposed to have it 45. It can't be 45. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? That that can't be the, because I got to accelerate my savings now because I'm on this side of 40. Yeah. And you get that make sense? For my lady, it's yeah. different. She got 40 grand and she ain't 30 yet. So it's yeah. 
But I'm already 40, so I can't, I got to catch up. Yeah. I did a lot of goofing around in my 30s, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I ain't always been serious. Like you said, now, we got different yeah. sides to us. Now, <laughs> now, as you talk about that, you, you touched on another term, an economic con- concept, liquidity. Absolutely. Because that's something else. Liquidity means how fast you can get your hands on actual cash. That's yours, too. That it, yes, Preferably. Obvi- yes. Because if you so, give someone else's debt, is that's going to be more yes, expensive money. Which which Because I'll definitely let somebody borrow 10 grand of my money, but it ain't going to be free. Yes. <laughs> yes. So liquidity does play a strong role in, in our society and knowing where things are at. Because especially in home ownership, mm-hmm. because that's one of the things. I mean, in that house next door, as you say, you learn things, you know, roof, uh, new plumbing. Yeah. Uh, uh, new electrical, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or, you know, um, HVAC, and uh, you know, painting because yep. the roof had the drywall. Roof, so had to repaint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it, and then just, you know, the natural expense of like taxes. Yeah. Property taxes. Yep. You don't want to own a home and then get your home snatched. All of this, as you talk about, is it's unique that you talk about the institution that can build wealth is marriage. Um, I think it's a wealth very building unique. accelerator. It's one of the it is one of the foundational things that is spoke to. Yeah. Oftentimes, yeah, I think it's. I think it could totally work, and if people, two people, can get on the same page, mm-hmm. it could totally work because it be because it's lifestyle matters. Hmm. Lifestyle. Some people get married for lifestyle. We know that. Yes. Some people call marrying up, right? Yeah. But if you're not marrying up, can you build together to elevate your lives together to the next level? So that's what leveling up is, and I think that that's just the the easiest way of doing it. Is the because that's a commitment, right? You made a marriage. You got you. We want to start a family. Well, you have to provide as a man. We have to provide and protect for the family we start, right? Mm-hmm. And women nurture and they are they do their role, right? But we still got to work together to build something for the family. No sense of having a family and you ain't have don't have nothing to. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Provide. What are we building? What's the legacy? What are you leaving behind? Because I think that and and and, and I don't know when that turning point hit for me, but I've discovered that life for me should be spent building something that will outlast it because no one wants to die not really not for real for real like people aren't i mean some people are suffering and begging to die but like not a lot most people want to be around right Mm -hmm. um well the only way you can be around longer is if you do something yeah impactful in this world deep yeah deep yeah on that point i think you 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 touched so many points um it was very impactful. Uh, you you left with uh, definitely knowing that we're gonna get on like looking at like a watchdog of some of I these like corporations. That. I really enjoy I like that, that idea. And uh, also, you know, be be willing to save. And I would say even before you move into saving, be willing to budget. Yes, really be willing to budget. That's probably and step put one. Saving because in the budget. I think the the challenge with saving actually in my mind is that people are so dismissive about wanting to. It's like exercise. You know what I'm saying? Like. If you don't know what you got, you don't even know what you can save. And people think I want to hit a home run. So I want to save five hundred dollars this month. You may not be in a position where you can save five hundred dollars a month. You know, you may be a person that needs to be saving one hundred dollars a month or maybe even 50, whatever it may be. But you got to start with a budget first. Mm -hmm. You need to know what's going out before you know what you can put away. Yeah. And then when you do save, I even have a safety deposit box. Okay. Consider something like that. Consider yeah. something where you can't, where it's going to be more of an obstacle to touch your money. Yes. Due to COVID nineteen, 
I don't know what's going on and back and forth. I know I can get access, but it even puts other barriers between me getting. But those times where I really needed to save, I put a lot more of my money into my safety deposit box because I knew it was like a I got to get up. I got to go all the way over here. Yeah, it's more of an inconvenience to touch it, especially, you know, because we're Americans and all types of deals pop up. Whether it be yeah. stock or whether it be your friend, you said that trip to Dubai. Your mm-hmm. friends like, oh man, my other boy dropped out. You know, it's it, all you got to give yeah. is a hundred dollars for this trip. Yeah, and 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 that urge may be there. Like, damn, somebody hit me up there. What, what was it? The suit was a uh, Miami. What, something was going on in Miami uh, not too long ago. And what I, was that? The uh, art. Uh, damn, I forget the name of it. It was some of it, but yeah. somebody dropped out, and one of my frat brothers hit me up like, yeah, I got to You want to go to Miami? We going this, and I'm like, I, uh, I like. But I didn't do it. But it, you get those impulses that come up. Yes. And yeah, you satisfied the want. Yeah, I want to get out. I want to do something. But did I need to fly to Miami? Did I need to yeah. hang out in my? Did I need to burn that eight hundred yeah. to twelve hundred dollars for that trip for that weekend? And not that that amount of money will destroy me, but it still wasn't a smart decision. As you're trying to build, yes. it sabotaged the big game plan. So it's not even about. Is the money relative relevant? You know, it's not about how material the size is, but are you disciplined enough to stick to the script? If your script is like you say, this is your budget. So you're right. You should start with the budget first. Define the whole, you yeah. know, holistic view of your your ins and outs of flows of money and earmark. Yes. Saving. Saving should be a line item on your budget. Yes. But it starts with the budget first. Yes. And you should know in the ebb and flow. You know, if you refuse the budget. You are choosing to be broke. You, you pick, are pick one, budget or be broke. You are definitely going to end up hitting that credit card wall or you're going to be hitting. And that's if you if, that's if you, you know, ha, have credit available for you. You're going to be broke or if you don't budget, man. you're going to end up hitting the other. You're going to be broke if you don't card. budget. I you're going to be you. borrowing yep. money from other people. Yep. And when you become that person that borrows money all the time, that becomes a whole nother get down. Mm-hmm. You know, now you. You got you can't go to certain family members' houses no more. Oh, they're gonna all talk. They're gonna talk bad. They're gonna talk bad about you at the at the bar, at the barbecue. You know that. It, it, all because you borrowed two hundred dollars. Thanksgiving dinner. They're gonna talk. They're gonna talk yeah. bad about you. Yeah. You know. So I, I would say start with budgeting. Know what you can save. You know there yeah. are some of those luxury items that we may consider. I mean, I, you know, depending upon how you look at life as luxury, that are necessities because having quality of life is taking on new experiences. But looking at those experiences, whatever that may be. No, that's you real. need to you need to even plan and budget in mind for that too. You that's can't be reactionary and impulsive, like you said, mm-hmm. but just because the person dropped out the trip and it's like, oh, I'll pay half. And it's like, damn, I ain't gonna never get a chance to go to Miami for three hundred dollars. You can't respond like that. That's not being intentional. That's not putting planning in place. Yeah. You know, even the same way when when things avail in your family, you may be able to support, you know, that brother or that sister that is in a tight spot and you have to set up whatever your boundaries are. Let me review everything and then I can decide how much I can be supportive now. Mm-hmm. All right. Guess what? I know you said you asked for five. This is what I can give. I can give a buck. I can give two. I can give meet you at three. This is what maybe I can, this in, what I can maybe do. in four. I can give you, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, three weeks from now, I can give you another the other two. If I give you the three, will this help you out of your situation? If not, you know, let me know. But, yeah. So the word is called no. <laughs> and that's the power. We got to learn how to say no to certain things, right? And you got to be able to say right no to the yays. Yeah. Say no to the yays. No to the little cousin that need to be bailed. I know. This is what I got. I got 100. I don't have the. It's like I know I got the whole 500. Yeah. I'll wipe my butt with 500 bucks, bro. But just to put it in perspective. But 
I won't give 500 because I don't have that budgeted for that. Yes. I got 100 on your problem, dog. Go, you got four more friends. Yes. Oh, it's my blood. It's my blood brother. Not gonna, but I know John he ain't going to jail. But the point of it is, if he did, all right, bro, I got 250. Yes. Go ask your sister. Ask mom. Ask dad. I, because you messed up. You're not my child, brother. Yeah. You're not my responsibility. My twins are. So if they be, then then that's different. But mm-hmm. you're not my child. I don't have to save your life. I don't have to put on the cape and give you the whole 500. I could bail you out. But that ain't the point. It's the principle. Mm-hmm. And you have to be disciplined and stick to your principles. That's deep. That's deep. So yeah, I like that. So start with I I like I kind of like all three kind of combined. That's, those are three great tenets. Thank you. Have your budget. Mhm. Well, no, nah, even before budget, you need to have your principles. Yes, your principles. Because princi- if yes. your, your principles, I mean, if you budget in for some bullshit, right. it ain't going to help. You right, know right. You know, so you need to have your principles in order first. Yes. And really question what those material goods are. I mm-hmm. mean, we're, we're in America. We buy certain yep, material right. things. It starts so you need to know the where those things yeah. are. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the Jordans are usually, I think, for God, it's like I buy the Jordans. So that girls can see me and then I get the attention of the girl and the attention. I have more confidence to interact I and all of it. that. But still, you need to know where your principles are. You know what I'm saying? And you need to say, all right, can I approach a girl with some Adidas on? You know what I'm saying? And I, like I said, I ain't got George, but. Yeah. But I mean, these are things that you need to say. Yes. Your principles first. Your principles. Then your budget and then your savings. And then with those things in order, you can move forward. And then I guess the last piece of this is when you do start engaging in, I mean, nowadays and building that family. When do you think that that should be brought up? When should you start having those discussions with somebody that is your significant other? When? I think I waited too long, yeah. possibly. I mean, not like we we good. We're in a great yeah, space, but it took two years yeah. for it to come up. But I had the confidence in her financially already. So at least I so because I had the financial confidence, I could delay the conversation. Yeah, because I knew she took. I mean, obviously, you got your own apartment, your own car. You, you at least can take care of you. Which means you ain't eating in my you ain't yeah. in my pockets like that. So that is enough for me to start. But I think if people been together at least a year, right, yeah. the right, because you got to have milestones. But that's one of the situations like because when you grown, grown. Now when you and yo when you young, young, you ain't got to really yeah be talking the future after one year. It's just like yeah, hey, we had a, we got a, got a year in. Like you can date somebody for three years and not really. But you, I'm forty one years old. I don't have. I can't date for three years and then figure out you're not a good fit. You know what I mean? So we're now at a point where um, financially we've had all those conversations. That's deep. And now we know what we have the capacity to do. To do. Which sets kind of goes back to number one what with you the principles yes. and knowing how to budget. You, because yeah. if you're off on principles, you know, this person's goal of success may be mansion in Birmingham and yours may be staying in the hood. Yeah. And I Which think would the, change, obviously, everything. the way decisions are made. Everything. So I think the earlier that you can have that conversation, really, I would say I would throw out there six months. Mm, interesting. Just to kind of just almost on some just to just shake the tree a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I, I like your approach. I've never done your approach. I've never sat a babe down and said, look at all my stuff. Now, that probably ain't going to never happen. But, I got you. But, you know, for a number of different reasons. Because then yeah. if it don't work out, then you, you know what I got, what I'm working yeah, with. Yeah. So, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Let me show you this account. Don't worry about these other yeah. seven that you don't know about. This yeah. one's sexy enough. I got Focus you. there. So, I'm just telling you, you I know, mean, brother I mean, to brother. but it's real. I mean, But I respect what is, you're doing because yeah. I, I would, like, I would love to do that. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping I don't have to redate a woman to re-experience because we already got. I want this to work. But if I was out there dating, I think that it would have saved a lot of time, money, effort, and heartache. To from a filter standpoint, it's a real chin check. Like we see, let me just pull up my screen, and they look at they're like. If nothing else, they're either gonna respect you more and be even more loyal to the to the program because they see you doing mm -hmm. good. Or if you're not quite on track, at, it's gonna they throw gonna they gonna or have that conversation. Mm -hmm. It's either one of those three outcomes. Either they gonna see something that they that they're in love with and they're gonna jump deeper on that hole. But then if you if you don't and that's also a, a, a could be a potential red flag because if y'all weren't that tight in that six month, like you know what I mean, like if you balling. And she don't know you balling. She just think you regular. And yeah. then she finds you balling. Well, that's different because she already liked me. Mm -hmm. But if y'all was already. problems too because then she'd be like, well, damn, why we at. Why we over X, here with. XX, depending but, but, on where her principles are. But you can still. Because you still the man. Yeah. You set the tone. Well, because, well, I, I didn't get this from buying yays. Yeah. And, and doing what all them doing. I didn't get this because mm -hmm. I, I, I got to fly all over to go to Vegas every three months and, and yeah. ball. I got mm -hmm. this from this. So if, you know, my goal is to be with a woman and we can continue to grow this together and we complement each other. Because part of my principles is I'm never going to be broke again. Yeah. I know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. it, I will never be broke again. So that's that's a non-negotiable in my principles. So if you're going to come to the table, you got to compliment because that's a non-negotiable because I can't do for you as a man what I need to do if I'm broke. And if you come in and you you see an accountant, your number one mission, sub, sub, you know, subconsciously is to dilute that, to acquire a bunch of crap, to buy a bunch of shoes. And like that ain't in my principles because yeah. I would never do that. Yeah. And you get what I'm saying? Like you quit. Like, yeah. At all. Yeah. At That's all. That's and I just rather just, you know, and, and, and so I think that if you can have that conversation as early as possible, the better, because. People be, be we BS each other too much and don't just get yeah. to the nitty gritty and have that real conversation because we caught up in the stuff that don't really mean stuff. True. You know what I'm saying? We are. Yeah. The the dating, the where we eating at, the, the, the how hot and steamy the sex is, whatever. That's all good. But what's up with the bread? At a certain point, let's talk about the cash. Or, you know, or can you even can you even cook? Can we have healthy meals or is it always takeout? Because that's an expense. Do we got to spend three hundred dollars a week to eat? I mean, it can be more. It could be way more, it but just saying. More. But the I, fact agree, that the I agree. Principles, I agree. Because that's part of saving and wealth building. We're going to get groceries, and I need you to get in the kitchen and get busy, and I'm going to get in the kitchen and get busy as well. But we have to eat healthy as a family because we have to save for our future. Because one day we want a better kitchen, and we want to live in a better neighborhood, and we want to have our a better quality of life for our children, and we don't want them to experience what we experience. Because she grew up off of West Seven Mile, and I grew up off of East Seven Mile. Do we want our kids to really grow up off of Seven Mile? Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If anything, it need to be by the university district. We're gonna be off Seven Mile or Palmer Woods or something like Sherwood that. Sherwood Ford. But like, you want to live in a situation elevate. where you're, where it's a choice. Elevate, and that's kind of the what my dad always says. Um, and this is great. We got to this point. Autonomy, because that's what it is. Wherever you want to live, you want to feel like it's by choice and not by circumstance. Yes, circumstantially that's living is live your life on purpose. Is, yes. You know, it, so, you know, by, by choice, it's mm -hmm. completely different as we see. I mean, I don't know if people are very familiar, but Davidson and Linwood, where I'm at. But now you have the tiny house program, not far from Woodrow Wilson. But that's people uh, a program. And then it's some people that are moving in with what they call minimalist lifestyles. Mm -hmm. But if you're choosing a minimalist lifestyle, it's different than a person feeling trapped into yes. minimalism, mm -hmm. you know, trapped into sardines every night and, and Raymond noodles and and. 
and you know uh, uh, renting out a room from somebody's house where you never you know where it's all types of chaos that's a different type yeah. of minimalist lifestyle than like some uh hipster that's choosing to quote unquote reconnect with not needing a thing that's a whole different get down yeah so yeah. i think that's well said and uh you know i think that the key to those traps that are out there mm -hmm. is financial literacy that's deep Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. This was great. I'm going to have you back on. We're going to think through this watchdog thing. Man. Yes, sir. And uh, how do people get in contact with you if they're interested in uh, connecting, learning more and really getting some scoops? Because this was definitely way more a macro and an overview. This We didn't get into any nits, uh, nuts and bolts of like, you know, being on game. Oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of game out here. So it, it definitely takes a lot of time. I've been trading for 23 years, so I can't get it all out in, you know, 23 minutes. But um they get in touch with me uh bullish picks b-u-l-l-i-s-h-p-i-c-k-s bullish picks like stock picks bullishpicks.com um, or call 313-744-3489 that's uh 313-744-3489 and if you're uh, uh a listener a viewer of this uh podcast we will do a free i will honor a free uh consultation uh, over the phone or over Zoom uh, with you. So just mention that you you heard us here, and uh, we'll do that for you. 313-744-3489, and get in touch with me. Cam Blanks are real. All right, respect. Thank you, sir. Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today.